I'm Fox. Look at me. I'm Fox. Woo! This is Texas Sports. This is Texas Sports. This is Texas Sports. This is Texas Sports. Hello, welcome back to This Is Texas Sports. I'm Jeff Dolman, I'm here with Travis Jones. What up? And we are so excited to be back, coming at you with episode three. Get ready, motherfuckers. It's been a long time, I feel like we just like woke from a fucking coma or we're out of the dead or something here. Yeah, I, I thought you were dead. Hey man, shit happens, <laughs> then we wipe, alright? <laughs> so we want to kick it off with the stars, because we're in... Round two of the playoffs. Fucking First right. First time in three, four years. We will have May playoff games in the state of Texas for the first time in over a decade, actually. So uh, something mm. to look forward to and be pumped about. And I think the last time we made a move this this far into the playoffs, we were uh, 2008 Western Conference Finals. We surprised a lot of people that year. Definitely the Brendan Morrow days. Oh, yeah, the prime Brendan Morrow days. When we had the, had those shitty black jerseys, it was fucking weird. Our colors have primarily been green and always been green. No green in those uniforms except for accents. It was a dark time. Whatever. Yeah, I love the new guys, man. High skin in, hints. Dude, those young kids are kicking ass and taking names. Um, yeah, I was watching the press conference the other night after the game, and uh, Montgomery mentioned that... Uh, you know, guys like Rupe and uh, Dickinson have, you know, constantly been a, a, a fresh presence in these playoffs. And, you know, that's something that you always need is, is some, you know, fearlessness and, and some guys who necessarily, not that they don't understand the stage, but they don't really grasp the the depth of, you know, a Stanley Cup playoff run, but how uh, the run from the Calder Cup a few years ago when they yeah. were with the Texas Stars had, had really helped them out and thickened them up. Um, so maybe they were able to focus in on, you know, the goal without, you know, taking too far of a step back and getting in, um, overwhelmed by the bigger picture. So I agree, man. Hopefully those kids can keep it up and, and, and bring them fucking heat uh, yeah, against St. Louis. It hasn't been that long since they were getting accustomed to playing at the AHL level and then playing at a high level there and then getting accustomed to being an NHL player and then kicking ass at that too so they're just at a kick-ass mindset right now where they, almost, they believe it's almost like they took exactly what they were doing um last year or two maybe two years ago uh with tech with texas and cedar park and they're or uh, applying that same mindset to to the nhl not really giving a shit who else they're playing against yeah you combine that with bishop being a vezina trophy finalist and Taking down, uh, what's his name? Becca Rene. Rene, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that he's probably the MVP of the series. You know, uh, you heard a lot of local chirp about, you know, is it time to switch to Kudobin, who's who's been good against Nashville this this past season, um, and, and has been probably uh, statistically a top ten goalie um, on the season numbers wise. If if 
you know, he qualifies in most categories behind Bishop. Uh, but you got to give credit to the coaching staff for sticking with Ben Bishop and, and believing in him to do what he's been known to do when he was in Tampa Bay um, and when he gained his reputation. So I think over the last three games of the series, he did a good job of, you know, being the wall and proving exactly what we brought him to Dallas to do. Yeah, I was super stoked when I saw we were getting a guy that's like six fucking eight. Man, the last night in the handshake line, did you see him dwarf little Rocco Grimaldi? Yeah. It looked like a... Good game, good game, good yeah, game, good yeah. game, good game, good game. Good he game, just good walked, game, up, good game. walked up to him and patted him on the head whack-a-mole style. <laughs> but, you know, hey. Hey, Grimaldi got him a couple times, too. Yeah, though. he did. That, that kid was the... Uh, he was probably the highlight of that series for, for the Preds, so... You know, um, they got a good thing. It's like patting a Smurf. <laughs> Pop a Smurf. Respectfully. Passing along the wisdom, <laughs> you know, move along, next round. Um, so, no. uh, a couple weeks ago, it seemed like the Stars' top line was kind of having some trouble, and the second line was non-existent. And he was been trying to mix it up this whole time, but I think they had the most success when they finally just put that top line back together with Radulov playing up there with Ben and Sagan. I think he had Ben on the second line for a little bit, and then he got it right with the second line. Well, part of the the enabling of him to shuffle those lines around is, has been Matt Zuccarello. Yeah, you know, coming back. Right. They traded for him, instantly breaks his arm. Yeah, scores two goals, gets uh, two goals and an assist, right? Something, I think it might have been two, two, two assists and a goals. Yeah, he had, he had two quick points mm-hmm. in 30 minutes that he was on the ice. Broke his arm midway through the second against yeah. the Flyers, and he was out for four weeks. Made a surprise return and left Then if you count that game in like the first four that he played, I saw a stat he had. It was either five goals or five points in five games. Yeah, it, it was pretty Just with sick. a one-month break in the middle of it. So he opens things up, um, you know, and, and helps balance out the scoring for that top six, which is something that the Stars have always desperately needed, um, or at least over the last few seasons. So um, it looked like going into the, this first round against Nashville that we had had that solved, but in games one, two, and three, um, you know, we still had an issue with that, and you're trying to look up and down the lineup for some scoring. Unfortunately, I think you uh, we're, we're ready to touch on that. We found some over uh, the third and fourth line for us. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had a couple, Como couple two, Cogliano, yeah, a couple two goal scorers out of those two guys. I think Hentz uh, put two in the in the net um, one game. I think Cogliano had a two goal game. Um, Como came up big last night with the with the tying goal, and I mean he was putting pressure on those guys all night long. So you know lines one through three were really, really, really tough on the forecheck and and not letting up on that Predators defense um, and their top four, which is probably one of the best in the league. So credit up and down the lineup for um, doing a good job this last series. In the games we lost, I think they were more physical, and we just could not get a goal. In the end, in the games that we won, where we scored more. We were way more physical than them. We were all over it last night, and if we keep playing like that, then tough team to beat. Tough look, team. Looking to beat. forward to the Blues, who have kind of had our number a little bit. Well, St. Louis has kind of had Dallas's number. I mean, the Rangers lost to the Cards. Whoa, fuck! Don't. <laughs> we're not I talking mean, dude, about that. No, 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 no. I no. mean, God forbid we have to play the Chiefs. Not to. Not. You know, not. Uh, Kansas City, St. Louis. You know. I got you. I got you. So. You're right. St. Louis knocked us out of the playoffs in Game Seven in 2015-16. I, mean, I still blame it on Nelson Cruz. 
he shouldn't he should have never been in the game but that's another that's another episode that's another episode for a little deeper into the summer um, but but this season Dallas was able to uh kind of put a chokehold on St. Louis they they won the series three to one um we scored more goals 13 to seven I think Ben put up a hat trick against those guys over the uh after the all-star break so it's a pretty recent little little get together um so I mean, by no means is is this series going to be a a blow by or a pushover, but you know, with with the wall, Ben Bishop, the Great Wall of Dallas, and net, I don't really see um, a reason why we should be an underdog by any means in the series. I think if I you know going before the first round, knowing that we would face St. Louis, that would have scared me a little bit. But I'm I'm not as scared now. I'm less scared. I'm almost not scared. Dude, I'm not scared. I'm not scared at all. It's I'm playoff ready. hockey. We have the best goalie left in the tournament right now. Let's and fucking all the, get him. Dude, with the way that Columbus destroyed Tampa. Mm-hmm. New yeah, York, one and two are out. New York swept shit's wide open. Pittsburgh. We took care of Nashville. Colorado and, flamed Calgary. And Vegas is about to play, right? They uh, just yeah, they, started like yeah. 10 minutes ago. Yes, sir. Stat boy, live. give me an update on that shit. Stat boy said it just started. There's nothing, nothing. There's like 16 minutes to go in the first. Man, that'll be an interesting little, uh, interesting little game. Uh, San Jose's fighting for Joe Thornton's 21st season. Keep it alive and uh, fuck Joe Thornton. I yeah, can't stand the Sharks. T- totally agree with you. Fuck San Jose. But, <laughs> but and Vegas is fighting to. Uh, Dude, every time I went to a Sharks game, Mike Ricci would get a goal. Man, all I remember pissed me off. All I remember about the Sharks is that uh, Freaky Ricci. Joe Newendike ruined his knee against the Sharks in round one one year. Or I might be mistaken. That might have been against Edmonton. But I know that we always had to play the Sharks in round one in the late 90s. It was either San Jose or Edmonton. Yep. Fuck them both. Round two was always Colorado or Detroit. Yeah. Until we finally got them all. That's it, dude. Plucked them down 20 years ago. Well, what a wonderful time of year we are in. The Rangers are above 500. The fucking Cowboys right. wrapped up free agency pretty well, and the Stars are in the fucking playoffs. Give it up for Jerry. Give it up for Jerry. Fucking right, baby. Man, I'm I'm pumped for this, you know, this May playoffs hockey. Um, but I'm also fucking pumped about these Rangers. These kids are putting the team on their backs. Twelve and nine, son. Hell yeah, man. Uh, haven't lost a series since opening weekend against the Astros. Yeah, and um, then and, we and- got them. Recently. Took them two of three this weekend. Put up ten runs in the last two games of the series. Uh, and, and we're able to close things out. So, uh, always an encouraging deal. I don't know if we'll uh, be able to sa- sustain that all season long um, with our pitching staff. But, like I said, it, w- it was nice to see those bats come alive and, and to see some progression made from these young kids and their approach over last season to this year. Yeah. It's good to see them hitting. Yeah, I mean, uh, last year it was just kind of tough baseball to watch. You don't want to yeah. see these these six to one games because we didn't have the the depth in the bullpen to close things out. The exodus of the former Ranger star pitchers. Man, all of them were basically dead and gone at that point. Cole Hamels, we traded off. You Hamels, or excuse me, you Darvish, Darvish uh, we shipped out. So you know, it it, it been. Uh, a long time coming for a rebuild. You can only keep a window open for so long. So a lot of people knew it was coming. It was just a shock that it hit that hard to some people last yeah. year, especially after coming out of nowhere to win the division the year before. So, 
Yeah, I'm in that boat of people who were shocked. Hey, man, like, like I said, it's it's ups and flows, ups and downs. Um, it's all a wave. Um, it's but, encouraging to see the, the, the progress they've made, and, you know, uh, hopefully all you can do is build build more. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, exciting. Uh, one thing I'll say, though, is that uh, we got some help coming up from the minor league system. Pipeline's a little stocked. Um, especially on arms, and that's something that you've never really been able to say about especially the Rangers. Especially have to deal in the way those pitchers. We got some pitchers. Yeah, we got a, a couple of little uh, young pups in low A and double A, uh, a couple of little relief arms, and um, even some bats in triple A that are backed up waiting on. A few young Kenny Powers. Fucking freedom. <laughs> You're fucking out. I'm fucking in. <laughs> a, little, a little eastbound and down reference for those who don't know. You ever if seen you- anybody frown on a jet ski? Didn't think so. If you don't know what we're talking about, you should just stop listening to this podcast. Do yourself a favor. Cut us out of your life and spend the next, uh, I'd say, two weeks watching episodes 1 through 67, uh, seasons 1 through 3 on Eastbound and Down. I really don't think there's 67 episodes, but who cares? You're fucking out. I'm fucking in. KFP. Suck it, amigos. You a little sleepy here, man? Is it past your bedtime, Dolman? Hmm. Maybe. Well, uh, shit, we'll try not to hold you up too much later, but uh, <laughs> what do you got on me for the Cowboys, man? Uh, I know we just got through wrapping up the Rangers weekend, but uh, Thursday, the NFL's having some big shindig out in Music City. Um, and they don't want to include Dallas because we just whipped their ass in a hockey series, so we're not invited Thursday night. Well, they got a few extra days to prepare this stadium, you know, to cover up the ice and whatnot, so they should thank us. You're welcome. They should thank us. You know, and we're not going to pick until day two, so we'll be out of the way for the major shindig. You don't have to think about the bitter loss the city of Nashville has just suffered to Dallas. So, uh, last time we were on, we, uh, we needed to plug a few holes. Yeah. Beasley departed, as expected. And uh, I think uh, I think David Irving was already gone at that point, or at least as gone as he was going to be. Before you could make it official, I don't. Think I think it was, it was before here. the big meltdown, but we kind of knew. And um, Gregory, Gregory has departed since then. That's our. In case you're not familiar, he's the starting. Local drug addict right. for the Defensive Cowboys. Right, end. Can't even call him a drug addict. That's kind of fucked up. I mean, kind of fucked up. He likes to get high. I don't blame him. He likes to get high. You know, pro athletes dealing with pain should be able to uh, use ra- marijuana or even just CBD. So it's, uh, it's a policy that will get faded out eventually. The Cowboys actually signed him to a two-year extension while suspended and expect that he's suspended indefinitely. So... I don't know if there's an appeal going on or anything, but it's possible that we could still see Randy Gregory. Josh Gordon played the, in the end NFL of the season. last season. Yeah, exactly. There's hope for everybody. Yeah, so there's hope. Keep your fingers crossed. There's but, uh, hope. But they did uh, They did a little bit of a backup plan. In what did we go shopping for? We shopped a six-round pick to the Dolphins for Robert Quinn, who declined over the last two years playing for two different teams, the Dolphins, and I can't remember who else. Uh, But he was playing in like a 3-4, like playing kind of in the wrong system. And then the Dolphins are unloading anything. They unloaded Tannehill. 
they're 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 selling they're selling the boat, dude. They're fucked. So they they took a six round pick next year, twenty twenty, for Robert Quinn. I think he had six or eight sacks last year. Still, which was actually about the same number Gregory to had. what Gregory had. But I think his was maybe in more snaps than what Gregory's were, or something like that. I'm not sure. So I Cowboys mean, like to rotate them, and you know that rotation was a little bit weak at the end of the season, and they've already signed two defensive tackles. Um, to play behind Antoine Woods and Malik Collins, who is, you know, healthy on and off, good when he's healthy, effective. Uh, neither of them are really showstoppers, and, and neither are the two new signees, but I think what they're looking at here is both of the new guys they just signed, Christian Covington from the Texans and Kerry Hyder, I think from the Titans? Um, I'm not sure. Both of them are better than Karan Reed. And whoever else was going to play defensive tackle, whoever let um, C.J. Anderson mow them over all fucking night. Uh, so we, it's a small upgrade. Our, our our main needs now going into the draft are still safety and defensive tackle. We we didn't get the the big Thomas signing we were hoped for. I was watching the safeties fall. I remember yeah, that was a that was like that was a. Like I was like watching a series finale and having no idea, or having, excuse me, it's like watching a series finale, thinking you know what's gonna happen, and then watching your plans just crumble in front of you. It was yeah. fucking crushing. Turns out he just wanted top money. He didn't want to be a cowboy that bad. Piece of shit, money grubber. I know we'd have been talking like totally yeah. in favor and telling him how great of a person he was if he was in Dallas. So Absolutely. we really don't mean it. Whatever. Yeah. Good luck in Baltimore. Now but. we still love Earl Thomas. It's fucking great. But uh, the Honey Badger went to KC. I think Landon Collins was the first safety to go. He went from the Giants to the Redskins, stayed in division, and he set the money line. Thomas wanted 14 mil a year, and the second that I saw Landon Collins get 14 million a year, I knew that Thomas wasn't going to come to Dallas because they yeah. weren't going to pay him that much. They hadn't signed Tank yet. In case you missed the drama, it took forever to sign Tank, but not really considering it could have gone all the way to the middle of July like Des Bryant did. But with his shoulder surgery and everything, they came to terms. They met at roughly $21 million a year. Um, the Cowboys offered like last year's cap hit, apparently, like 17 out of the gate. And he was like, nah. But uh, fortunately, he never had to play dirty or threaten to get traded or anything. He said his agent... Uh, was telling him, say, hey, trade me at one point. And he was like, no, nah, I don't want to do them that way. Um, that's a guy that does want to be a cowboy. And it would have been a huge loss. There was one really dark, scary moment in the Cowboys podcasting world when I was listening to every other Cowboys podcast, uh, every other sports podcast that is not this sports podcast, that does not cover Texas sports as completely as we do. And the sky was falling. I want everyone to who wasn't paying hardcore attention at that point in time to realize that the sky was falling. And people were talking about, are we going to trade Lawrence? What are we going to get for him at this point if we can't sign him? Who's, we, hadn't, we didn't have Quinn yet, so all we knew was that Gregory was gone, Irving was gone, and then we don't know what's happening with Tank. We didn't have a D-line. Yeah, we, we almost did not have a D-line at one point. And now... We're going into the draft. We might take another defensive lineman with our second-round pick. If we don't, we'll probably take him with a third-round pick. 
So a lot's going to happen. There's so many defensive linemen early in this draft. Teams are still going to take quarterbacks. There's a boatload of safeties. Well, there's a fair amount of safeties. There's a fair amount of tight ends. All the positions that the Cowboys need are available. And like they always do, they're going to take the best one at that spot. And if the best one at that spot happens to be wide receiver Andy Isabella, a player that talented that late, they'll do it. But he won't fall that far. Um, we can hope for a safety. I think that uh, that we've done a great job of plugging all the holes and setting ourselves up, like you said, to be able to draft um, for need or not. Excuse me, not draft for need, but be able to draft the best the best player available at the position that we need. Um, so you know, it kind of yeah. kind of works up. Dude, they're not sweating. Well, we've done a good job of that over the last few years, um, plugging a few holes, doing a few one-year, two-year bridge deals. Um, so I'm excited to see what these guys uh, that we signed, you know, and, and and traded, kind of picked up for, can do for us. And I'm also trying to curious to what we see happen on day two and three of the draft. So uh, yeah, I'm pumped about Thursday. Yeah, the Cowboys but, have done well. I mean, they've had players third, fourth, fifth, and sixth round contribute. You know, Anton Woods, sixth round pick, or excuse me. Uh, uh, Xavier Woods, six-round yeah. pick. Nice little uh, Absolutely. rookie contract there. So he needs a buddy. I was listening to either RJ Ochoa or blogging the boys. Got to give credit where credit is due. We are not uh, we are not plagiarizers here. We are not content thieves. Uh, I get a lot of info from those guys. They have some good information, and when you're obsessed, you're just going to listen to whatever you can anyway. Quenching of the thirst. Yeah. They mentioned that the Cowboys have spent – very little draft capital at the safety position. They've been trying to get by with what they can for a while. Heath, I mean, Heath's an undrafted free agent. It's been Woods bad. is a sixth-round pick. I mean, the last time we spent big money on a safety was Roy Williams. Yeah, in 2001. Right. Or, I say big money, big pick. I think, who, who was a, like, J.J. Wilcox or somebody was a... Maybe a third-round pick. Yeah, he was like a third or a fourth, and, I mean, I'm not going to say a bust. I mean, he played... He's no, uh, he's no Taco Charlton. <laughs> Golly, that guy. Yeah, if only, if only Taco was really stepping up right now. That looks like we wouldn't even be first... talking about Robert Quinn, dude. That looks like one of the worst first round picks in recent Cowboys history. You run back so far. To, you run back to 2010, 2000. I think 2011 is when we took Tyron Smith, and that started our string of building decent yeah. foundations in the draft. Um, but before that, who who did we pick in 2010? Let's figure this shit out. Was that the most? That boy. It was actually Dez in 2010. So, so we did Dez in 10, Smith in 11, and Mo had to have been 12. Yeah. So that's when we traded up to get Claiborne, and uh, at the time everybody was all pumped, and he looked yeah. like, looked like a great pick at number six. He was talented. He had some good. Plays. We were we were pairing him with Brandon Carr, who I think yeah. we had just signed that offseason. So those were going to be a starting uh, starting cornerback, which at the time and on paper looked great. Uh, Brandon Carr didn't miss too many games when he had come over from Kansas City. Um, he had a stellar reputation. So you know, whatever, we'll, we'll forgive them on that. But it's it's time we we spent some motherfucking draft picks on a safety. I think yeah. we needed to, we needed to lock that down. Um, we missed on a good class. Not even really missed. I think saying that we missed on this class is a bad classification. We just chose to sit out. Yeah. So To their credit, they did move Byron Jones to safety for a little bit. But that was but, like a number uh, 29 pick or something like that. What 
Well, he was yeah. late first round too, wasn't he? Yeah. So I'm looking at a list here. He was actually 27, but you know, semantics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, and then Taco back in Taco. Fuck Bummer. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, we might take a lineman with our number two pick, and uh, we might take a safety. I don't know. I think there's some depth uh, as you f- get further into the board, though, and, and maybe day three uh, towards the D line. So, I, to me, I, I just I feel like that pick is going to the secondary. I feel like it's going to a safety because uh, you know I might this might be a little bit of a homer in me, but I've seen a few uh, excuse me articles linking uh, some A and M kids. Kingsley Kiki and, and Dalen Mack to the boys. Yeah. Um, which would be good. I mean, I've seen a few comparisons about uh, I think one or two of those guys will be around in round three. Oh, I think they should be there maybe four or five, honestly. And I think um, the Cowboys are comfortable with a developmental lineman because of the rotation. I think they want a safety who's going to be a difference maker by the end of the season. He's probably not going to start because they signed Aloka, you know, behind uh, Heath. I mean, Heath is probably still going to start the season, and Aloka's going to be the number two. Uh, so, but I think it's it's kind of like, uh, you know, when they took a Wozier in round two, they're expecting him to be contributing by the end of the year, which he was. For sure. Anthony Brown was a late pick that contributed as a rookie. Wasn't Brown a seventh? I think Brown was a fifth rounder, maybe fifth? another sixth rounder. Let's see where we're at. Stat boy, what are you thinking? Oh, yep, yep. He's definitely in the sixth round. Thanks for nothing, Stat boy. What are we paying you for? I found it before you. So how do you feel about replacing Cole Beastly with Randall Cobb? And by the way, R.I.P. Cole, Dallas fans, we love you forever. I, I do love Despite Cole. Despite your recent pettiness. I know, I was about to say, but <laughs> Jesus, man, you just you just, you just took the money, which fine. I'm not mad at all about that. Like, go get your bread, homeboy, but motherfucker, you're from Dallas County. Or yeah. Excuse, well, t- probably not Dallas County. He's from Dallas. Everyone he from SMU. where he's from claims Dallas. Right, he went to SMU. He played for the boys. Just show a little motherfucking love, even if you don't have to take that hometown discount. Uh, you know, whatever. All, all said and done, I can't judge anybody for taking the money and running. If the Cowboys win a Super Bowl this year or next year, fucking. <laughs> there's only one person who's going to really regret what they've done. For sure. And that's beastly. So whatever, no big deal. Um, I do think that that Randall Cobb hopefully can help Dak develop, um, you know, maybe teach him little things that Mr. Rogers brought A-A to the Raj. table. That, uh, you know, he can he can pick up or, or help him out with and give him a few pointers on. Um, you know, he is a good route runner um, if he can stay healthy. And I think yeah. we got him at a good cap number. So I think that third receiver spot, that's a that's a rotational spot because they re-signed Tavon mainly for special teams, but they still want to get him on the field. You got Cedric Wilson, who everyone was fired up about last year and got hurt, didn't play the whole year. You know he's basically still a rookie, and they'll probably take another wide receiver late. Not not a opposed to that. Uh, Alan Hearns is supposed to be back. You know it's a uh, it's a crowded receiver room, which is a good thing. And uh, no, I think, uh, I think there's this kid out of Clemson. Uh, he might be a freshman. His name's Hunter Renfro. You ever, you ever heard of him? Yeah. I'm just kidding. Like he's been he's he's been Clemson's number one receiver for the last few years. A little white kid. Yeah. But he's made his pop up everywhere, 
and everybody's like, "Oh, where did this kid come from?" Every year, it's like, "Dude, he did he scored a, he scored the touchdown in the national title game." I think when Deshaun Watson threw it to him, he was a freshman then. Yeah, he did the same thing again. I think two years, three years later, when he just I haven't just seen him on any draft boards or anything. Latest at the end of the fifth or sixth round. So another, yeah, so that's another another little scrappy name I've been seeing thrown around the Cowboys' way hmm. also. So you know how the Cowboys like their little. You gave me an original receivers. tidbit there, and I appreciate it. Hey, dude, anything I can do? Breaking news. Breaking news. No, nothing has happened yet. Yeah, not at all. We're no. still days away from the draft. Probably past it by the time you hear this. By the time our editors get it up. Sometimes I wonder if our editors have trouble getting it up at home as much as they do at work. Well, shit happens. That brought, that one probably just cost us a day. Dang it! <laughs> it's like it's like. So when it, you when you hear this in May, <laughs> it's like making a like a a bad interview when you're an actor talking shit about your writers, and then the next thing you know, you're looking for another job because they've killed you. Yeah. Our our editors are gonna kill us. Well, also I think people come here for the content and the commentary, not so much for the facts. Like if you're taking enough time out of your day. To listen to an up and coming sports podcast. I mean, you probably already looked at the ticker on ESPN or on your phone. You know as much as morning we do. of. So we're gonna go ahead and take our first caller. We got Dale from Cleburne, Texas. Dale. Dale, yeah. This is Texas Sports. This is Texas Sports. This is Texas Sports. Hey guys, uh, thanks for taking our call. Uh, my name is Gail Nutt, and we're out here in Cleburne, Texas, and uh, I'm here with some of my buddies, and we all had a question for you, because the, uh, the Cowboys schedule just came out, and we're playing the Saints, and the Bears, and the Pats, all on the road. Hey man, it's Tim Jenkins. I'm out here with Buddy Dale on the job site, and, and like you said, man, I'll, 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 we got all these tough games on the schedule, man, and I, I don't see how we win more than any eight games. Shit, maybe six. Uh, I was wondering if uh, <laughs> Well, thanks for calling in, guys. Yeah, good, good one, Tim. <laughs> um, yeah, great, great call. Um, th- thanks, know. thanks for calling in. Were that? Were they asking for a win total or? Uh, it was uh, a multi-part question, I think. So we'll start with the Saints, Bears, and Pats, and yeah, that is a formidable road schedule. Don't forget about the Jets and the Lions in our NFC East division rivals. Which uh, don't worry about the Giants or the Redskins this year, but we got to play the Eagles on the road. I think we play the Eagles on the road first. Um, I believe we got. I'm of the opinion that we're going to beat the Eagles this year, but I wouldn't. It's easy It's easy to split a series with them. If we're going to lose one, it'd probably be the first one because the second time we play them, no one really knows who the quarterback's going to be. You get, Well, you also got it flipped. We play the Eagles at home first, and then we close out against the Eagles um, a couple of days before Christmas. and then. So then we beat the Eagles twice. Perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, Pat's well, on the road. Well, actually, we do – Carson Wentz is, is – is, Slated in because uh, old Nick Foles is a Jacksonville Jaguar. He's yeah, that's what Jaguars, I'm saying. We don't know who's going to be playing quarterback because Wentz hasn't played a full season yet. 
No, I got you. I got you. We got Mr. Injury <laughs> Prone over here, huh? All yeah. right, all right. Yeah. So between the Saints, Bears, and the Pats, I feel like the Bears game is probably the most winnable. Um, at the same time, I think the Cowboys are going to be ready to play against the Patriots. And if I'm not mistaken, that game is late in the season. Uh, so either we're shitting the bed or we got a full head of steam. Yeah, I think those are winnable games. That's uh, right before the Thanksgiving Day game. Uh, we play New England, so that'll be one of uh, one of the first of first of three games in ten days. I mean, they do it every year, so it's not like they should have trouble getting up for it. Um, but fortunately, that is the kickoff to those three games, so we should be fresh, healthy, and uh, and hopefully have a good tune-up. Yeah, I think the Jets are going to be tougher than usual this year. Not necessarily that we'll lose two of them, but it's 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 a losable game. They they've beefed up their team a little bit. They're not the same Jets anymore. They got a good young quarterback who's be playing better. Added the receiver, added some defense. But I know you didn't. They didn't ask us about the Jets, um, Travis. I think. What would you say? What do you think we can do? Man, I think uh, I think looking at the schedule, home and away, uh, and keeping in mind that the other guys get paid to play professional football too. I, I think that we got ten wins. Um, not easy, but I think, I think 10 wins is, a uh, expectations. Um, I think 11 wins puts you at a good season. And I think 12 kind of gets you, gets you thinking, whoa, you know, this team might be something special and we could do something to make some noise in the playoffs. Um, and you know, like you were saying a few seconds ago, I think, I think coming in and game planning and being ready for a few of these games, um, and executing the game plan that they want to, um, is going to be the difference between that 10 and 12 game season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been run first. I think everybody's hoping that maybe this new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, might uh, might want to throw the ball around a little bit more. Hey, you know, throw it downfield, dink and dunk, whatever you need to do uh, to get the ball into your playmaker's hands. We got to figure that one out. Um, I think that was kind of an issue um, in the last few seasons was, was – getting the ball where it needed to go rather than being so predictable. I'm Fox, look at me, I'm Fox. On first and second down, passing dump short, uh, passing short little dump offs on third down and then punting on fourth down. Just, just wasn't working out. So any change is welcome, I'm sure. Yeah. I think we're about wrapped up here. I so, think we're uh, about done. Done. We're about done talking to y'all. All right, well. Uh, Got to go make a sandwich. Ooh, I could get down on a Sammy or a bowl yeah. of Fruit Loops right now. Dude, we got it all. Well, there's only one thing left to say, and that's uh, give it up for Uncle Jerry. Give it up for Jerry. All right, all right. Give it up for Jerry.